I am so glad that you are joining Cindy LeFevre Yorks for this episode of His GPS for Your SOS. We pray these encouraging words will enrich and bless your day. Cultivating a Lifestyle of Generosity, Part 4, Our Gift of Time to God. We can measure it in grains of sand or on a cell phone or with a timepiece. We can add it up in hours, days, weeks, years, decades, centuries, or millenniums. No matter how it stacks up, time is finite, and once we've spent it, there's no way to retrieve what's been frittered away or lost. That's why God prioritized how we spend it with Him to such a degree that He included it in His commandments. In Exodus 28, we read, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Out of the 168 hours of the week, God asks us to set aside a 24-hour period for Him. The day is to be free from work and activity and kept holy. It's designed to encompass worship as well as spiritual renewal and refreshment. As Jesus Himself modeled spending time daily with His Father in prayer, reading and reflecting on Scripture, and listening to what He would have Him do, we too can follow that model. In Mark 1.35, we read of this account of Jesus' daybreak. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went to a desolate place, and there he prayed. He didn't need to waltz into a fancy synagogue or a curated prayer closet. All the Son of God needed was solitude and silence to commune with his Father. Our Jesus Messiah always did what his Father commanded. But of course, knowing and understanding what the commandments mandate is not the same as doing what is required to keep them. Actually responding from a place that reflects that mindfulness is another matter entirely. I know a man who stopped his habit of attending church after the pandemic forced its closure. Though it has since reopened, he continually rests on weak excuses for not making it. Yet what could be more important in the final analysis? Spending time with God accomplishes a variety of spiritual objectives. It cements the intimacy and closeness available to us in relation to the Father. We learn in James 4.8 to draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. It also keeps us on a straight and narrow path. I have stored up your work in my heart that I might not sin against you, David writes in Psalm 119.11. When we bathe ourselves in God's Word and spend time in His holy presence, we are more inclined to keep His commandments. Another added benefit of spending time worshiping God and reading His Word might surprise you. David reminds us in Psalm 63, 6-8 of that blessing as he describes turning in for the night. When I meditate on you in the watches of the night, in the shadow of your wings, I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. Indeed, the comfort and protection we receive as we draw near to God also fosters a sense of deep gratitude and a joy that transcends circumstantial happiness. And when our mindfulness is set on Him, our delight is in the law of the Lord, and His servants meditate on it day and night. The prophet Ezekiel loved the Word of God so much, he followed God's command to literally ingest it, prompting him to comment that it tasted like honey. And that's from chapter 3, verse 3 of his book. It only stands to reason that when we love others, We spend time with them, not just quality time, 
but quantity too. People who say they love God but don't back it up with their behavior are only fooling themselves with their lip service. As I was studying God's Word to prepare for this podcast, I was struck by this verse in Psalm 5.3, O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. Though we don't prepare animal or grain sacrifices anymore, we do still sacrifice our schedules and our own agendas when we give our time to God. Being a devoted Christ follower is going to cost us something. The great news is that when we give our Lord the first fruits of our time and give Him first place in our lives, He promises to bless that effort. But seek you first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. God really will redeem the time we give Him. We can trust Him with our schedules as we generously sacrifice the currency of our time and give to Him with abandon what He gave to us in the first place. i like to read an excerpt now from my first book, The Side Door, and this is entitled, Consistency in Our Prayer Life. Once, when my brother was small, he was in the garage, hovering over a hammer and a piece of wood. My dad was observing him in the driveway. My brother's eyes were closed, and his grip on the hammer was tight. My dad walked in and asked him if anything was wrong. My brother told him he was praying hard that he would not hurt himself hammering. Young or old, Christian or agnostic, people from all walks of life offer up emergency prayers when in a scrape or faced with a paralyzing fear or crisis. But the sincere, heartfelt, non-rote daily prayers of those who devote themselves to intimately talking with God consistently lay a groundwork for something much deeper and more valuable and long-lasting. If our prayer life consists primarily of arrow prayers or prayers or petitions offered up in crisis, we are much like the child who only communicates with his parents to get something he wants. True relationship is based on more than just a presentation of a Christmas list. When we are facing monumental, seemingly unsolvable circumstances, we aren't likely to dial up someone we met the day before. We're more inclined to pour out our heart to someone who's known us inside and out for many years. Even though God hears our prayers and knows our needs before we say or do anything, He wants and desires deep relationship with us. We accomplish this best by engaging in regular communication with Him throughout our days. I remember once hearing some tips on what prayer time actually looks like in a 21st century life. One of my mentors shared with a group how she likes to start her day with God and end it in the same way. In the morning, she prays to be effective during the day and responsive to the needs of others. She also said she takes time to petition for others, as well as for herself, those things heavy on her heart and mind. At the end of the day, she shared how it's important for her to go before the Lord and check in about her efforts and cover anything new that may have occurred in the day, as well as preparing for the coming day by lifting up any concerns appropriate there. Exactly what your prayer time looks like from a structural viewpoint will in part depend on your season of life. The young mom with six kids may not be able to carve out the same kind of time every day as a woman in her 70s with an empty nest can, but the desire should remain strong nevertheless. Structure is important but should not hinder our efforts. Consider the wisdom imparted in 1 Samuel 16:7. Man looks on the outward appearance, 
but the Lord looks at the heart. A life devoted to intimate communication with God enriches us and pleases Him. And the keys to kingdom living are gravitate to consistent prayer without continually relying on emergency mode. And the doorpost is rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18 Thank you for joining us today for this episode of His GPS for your SOS. Cindy also posts encouragement daily on Instagram. Her blogs can be found on her website, cindyyorks.com. Her entire Door Devotion trilogy is now available on Amazon. 